0: Welcome to Victory Church's Online Podcast Library. We hope you enjoy this message today. You know, I was um, you know preparing I teach, the, I teach the Book of John in our Bible school, and I was preparing for my class last week, and I was reading on in, in John chapter 12, p- close to where I just read a, a moment ago, and it talked about where the, the Lord spoke to Jesus audibly from heaven. Actually, that happened at least three times in his earthly ministry. The voice of God spoke to him from heaven. And um, each one is is unique. There's something we can learn about each one of those moments when the father spoke, this is my son. Uh, it's very powerful, but but beyond that, you know, so Jesus also said something. He'd say it several times throughout his life. He'd say stuff like, I only say the things I hear my father saying. And then he'd say, I only do the things I see my father doing. So that seemed like a a, a constant thing for him. It's kind of like in John 15, Abide in me and let my words abide in you. It's talking about abiding, about walking, about getting to a place in your life where you're sensitized to the Lord. Where it's not unusual for you to, to sense his guidance in your life. You know, it's not unusual for you to sense his, his voice. And hear his voice of correction or his voice of direction. His voice of revelation. You know, he, he speaks to us. You know, that's, that's what the whole Protestant Revol- uh, Reformation was about. It was, we don't have to go to a priest that God speaks to us individually. And it's powerful, but you know, there's so I want to I want to throw some stuff out there for you, maybe help you a little bit. First time we see this in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 through 18, Jesus was being Jesus was being baptized. Now this is this is this is powerful to me. Jesus, the Son of God, born of a virgin, he lived for 30 years in obscurity. Apparently the son of a carpenter, right? And then at the moment of moments, he said, I'm gonna be baptized. And he went to, to the prophet John. And John was baptizing people. Jesus submitted himself to this prophet, Baptize me, John, and, and John baptized Jesus. He was immersed into the water. And when he came up out of the water, it says the heavens were opened. The Holy Spirit fell on him in a bodily form as a dove. And a voice spoke to him from heaven. Wow. This, now, here's, here's Matthew's account of what the Lord said. Um, uh, he was baptized, and Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and settling on him. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, uh, came upon him. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. With the Holy Ghost and with power, and he went about doing good. So, this was the beginning of his ministry. The Holy Spirit came upon him. And then the Lord, so the Holy Spirit came upon him, and then the Lord said, What did the Lord say? This is my beloved Son. It's a tar- term of endearment. You could say, This would, you could translate this This is the Son of my love. This is my love. This is the one I've loved from eternity. This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Now, there's, there's two powerful things. In this, first, in this first time that Jesus audibly heard the Father's voice that we know of, we, there's two things that are so important for our Christian experience, especially putting us in a position to hear the voice of God. The first is the importance of constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's, that, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. This became his life. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, and he began to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. This began to be the, the way he lived. You know, he humbled himself and became a man and lived among us, but he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he ministered under the power of the Holy Ghost. If he needed, if the Son of God, if God the Son needed the power of the Holy Spirit, how about you? And how about me? It's impossible to operate in this wicked world without the power of God. Impossible. You're going to get goofed up. You're going to get confused. You're going to get off track. You're going to get deceived. You're going to fall into t- something. Something weird's going to happen unless you learn how to, to stay tied in to the power of God. It's important. I'm so thankful for the people that got around me. Is when I was first saved and I went off to Bible school and that Jesus community in California. These guys were full on Holy Ghost. It was like you got you got to get surrounded with the Holy Ghost. You got to live in the Holy Ghost. I'm so grateful for that. But the, then here, the, then the thing that the father said that's so simple but so powerful, this is my beloved son. Well, that's what he says about you too now. I'm his child. I am a son of God. Now, you know, we know he, Jesus after this experience, he went out to the wilderness for 40 days and what happened? He was tempted. And what did the devil say to him at first? If you are the son of God, so he went right for that. He tried to get him to doubt that he was the son. If you're the son of God, why don't you do this or why don't you do that? Did God really say you're His son, or are you really the son of God? Well, why don't you prove it? Why don't you do something about it? So I, I, I say, get these two things so deep in your testimony, make your calling and election sure. He brought me out of the world. I was once a child of darkness. Now I am a child of God. I don't have to question that anymore. He sent the spirit of adoption into my heart. I've been born again. Christ is in me. I'm His child. That's not going to change. I am a child of God. Why don't you say it with me? I am a child of God. That's right. I, make, make, make that something that you know that no one can, no one can make you question that. No matter what happens, no matter what kind of weird stuff happens out in the world, I am a child of God. God is with me. I'm His son. I'm His daughter. I belong to Him. I've been purchased with His blood. So you get that settled, and then you get you stay in this place of yeah. The heavens are open. I'm khabasebreketen brasta, Stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost. Stir. Let, let your let your life be a Holy Ghost lifestyle. Stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. Now let's take a, a quick look at the second time the Lord spoke from heaven. The second time is later on Jesus took three of his disciples. It was what John and Peter and 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 James went up with him to on the um to the to the mountain, the Mount of Transfiguration. And they went up on the Mount of Transfiguration and they were praying, and Jesus was it says Transfigured before them, metamorphosed, metamorphosized. He was cha- changed into another form. His he began to shine with the glory of God. The glory of God began to shine and emanate. Said he was whiter than any launderer or a fuller could could clean his clothes. He was just shining with the glory of God. And then the the glory cloud fell in that place. But the the strangest thing happened was. Moses and Elijah showed up. That's, that is, I mean, that's crazy. You start saying stuff like that, people are going to really say you're whack. But Moses and Elijah were there when they were praying. Now listen, I'll read it, Matthew 17, verse 5 and 6. Behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. So there's Peter and the other disciples are standing there, hanging out there, and they're Jesus' is praying, and suddenly he starts to glow with the glory of God. The cloud falls down. they can't stand in the presence, they're on their face. And then they look around, and there's Moses and Elijah, and they were talking with Jesus. And um, Peter responded and said, "Lord, it's good that we're here. If you want, I'll make three tabernacles here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah." While he was speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them. This is that cloud that led Moses for 40 years. Behold, a voice from the clouds. This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. And then what did he say? Listen to him. <laughs> Listen to him. Now this, this is this is so this is so powerful. This is why Moses and Elijah? Moses, of course, represents the law. The law. So, the, and, and Elijah represent the prophets. So Jesus, Jesus, actually, if you want to get technical, Paris, my wife calls me a literalist. If you want to get literal, Jesus was the law of Moses and the word of the prophets. He is the Word of God. They they were testifying, but He is. He is the Word that became flesh. He is the the Father's Word that became a man and walked among us and redeemed us from our sins. So the law, Moses, and you could Deuteronomy 18, verse 17 and 18. The Lord said to me, this is written by Moses they have spoken well I will raise up for them a prophet from among their countrymen like you the Lord told Moses I'm going to raise up a prophet like you among your countrymen I'll put my words in his mouth and he will speak to them everything that I command him well well Jesus was that prophet that they waited for for hundreds of years he was that prophet so we 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 take the word of God yeah you want to hear the voice of God take the word and saturate in it. Saturate in God's word. This is, the Psalm 1 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither. And whatever he does, he shall prosper. So yeah, you know, I mentioned Dick Mills. Dick taught me about the importance of the word of God. He used to come and minister in our church a couple times every year when we started up until the time he went to be with the Lord. But every time he came, he'd bring me a Bible translation. He'd bring me a set of commentaries. He'd bring me a word study book. This was before there were computers. And he would, he would teach me again and again the importance of saturating my mind and my spirit with the word of God. To feast on the word of God. To eat it daily. To delight myself in God's words. If you want to hear the voice of God, you have to let the Word get inside of you. And and the beauty of that is, you know what happens? This is so awesome to me. You start filling your heart with the Word of God, line upon line, precept upon precept. You might not think you're getting that much, but you you get into a a discipline. You start reading the Bible every day, soaking yourself in the Word of God, maybe get in Bible school, whatever, and start feeding and feeding on the Word of God. And then what happens? The Holy Spirit comes upon you and he begins to quicken different verses that's the way God speaks then he begins to speak to you he speaks if you look at new testament prophecy go check it out new testament prophecy acts chapter 2 acts chapter 15 major prophecies the new testament prophets were prophesying using the old testament scripture they would prophesy and say, this is that. This is what the Joel the prophet spoke about. In the last days, God says, I'll pour my spirit on all flesh. Acts 15. This is the restoration of the tabernacle of David, the beginning of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the Gentile world and, and starting Gentile churches. They were prophesying out of the Bible. Let the word of God get inside of you. So the law and the prophets. Now, so here we're talking about Elijah as well as Moses. Here's the word from one of the prophets, Isaiah. Behold, my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations, right? So I will put my spirit upon him. That's what the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. And now he's pouring out his spirit on all flesh. He ascended into heaven. He sat down at the right hand of God. And he's pouring out his spirit on all mankind. All that call upon him begin to experience this incredible outpouring, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But here's a scripture that's, you know, kind of ignored by a lot of church folks. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Pursue love, yet earnestly desire spiritual gifts. He's, he's talking to individual Christians Earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So He wants me and He wants you to earnestly, to zealously pursue spiritual gifts, especially that I could prophesy. Well, from there's there's two ingredients in prophecy. It's the word and the spirit. Those are the two ingredients. Those are the two ingredients. If you want to hear the voice of God, if you want to speak, like Jesus said, I only speak to the things I hear my father saying. If you want to speak his word, speak out as, a, as his mouthpiece, hear his voice and speak out as his mouthpiece, load yourself up with the scripture, stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost within your life, and he'll start to, He'll start to, that spirit of prophecy will begin to stir up in your, in your belly. It'll become it'll become your 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 it'll become part of your nature, yeah. your new nature. It'll just begin to emanate from you. So let's just take one. We just take a moment before we look at this last example. Let's just pray pray in the spirit right now. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, just take a minute. Let's just. Oh, stir up the gift of God, like Paul said to Timothy. Stir up the gift of God. Stir up the gift of God that you received, Paul said, through the laying on of my hands. Don't allow the gift to become dormant. That gift of the Holy Spirit. Don't let it get dormant. Don't let it dry up inside of you. But let it let it radiate. Let it be strengthened. Let it be inflamed fan into flame the gift of the Holy Spirit that you receive through the laying on of hands. Yeah, you know, if you, um, I challenged everyone in, in, in the month of November to start, start pending, spending a set amount of time every day just praying in tongues, nothing else, 15 minutes, I think I said, just set aside and start praying every day for 15 minutes, just in tongues, and, and, you, and you know what, what will begin to happen is you'll begin to, you'll become, but you'll become more spiritually aware, Is what will happen. Your spirit will become, begin to be quickened and awakened. You'll become more spiritually aware to the things of God. And spiritual hunger. So, and, and you know the, the beautiful thing about th- the thing about that for me that I've experienced in my life is in sleeping. If I if I start doing that more and more and more, I start to have a- awakened sense His presence, because He He He. Your your spirit's awake, yeah. your mind goes to sleep. But lots of times, the Lord likes to speak when you when you turn your brain off, yeah. because the brain's in the way. <laughs> That's why I gave you a prayer language, because your brain's in the way. And yeah, and it's, then it's the Word of God starts to become, it's like a clear stream, clear channel. Thank you, Lord. Anyway, let's look at this last one. This last one is in John 12. This was an um, interesting story. These, um, this was the, that last week, a lot of commotion was going on around the temple Jesus had had the, the, the triumphal entry, they had the whole drama with, 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 with Judas, and that whole thing, and, and all that was going on, and um, with Mary, and with Lazarus, and, and the overturning the tables in the temple, and people were mad, and people were excited. There was all kinds of commotion going on in Jerusalem, and two Gentiles came up and approached his disciples and wanted to, to find out about, start asking questions about Jesus. And that's when he said, you know, it's his time. It's time for him to be glorified and it's time for me to be planted as a seed into the ground. Um, John, and he, and he goes after that, after that, he says, my soul has become troubled. And what am I to say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose, I came to this hour Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came out of heaven and said, I've both glorified it and will glorify it again. Now, you know, Jesus came not just for the Jewish nation, obviously, he came for the whole world. And he was, he was, during his earthly ministry, he ministered basically to the, a little bit to the outside of it, but basically he was ministering to the, to the Jewish nation. And he, he was announcing that this time was, was come for him to die and for him to be glorified and for his gospel to begin to be spread throughout the whole, the whole world. That was what, the, what he was talking about. And the, the father spoke at that time. So the father spoke. He spoke when Jesus was baptized. He spoke when, when the, about the law and the prophets. And now he's speaking about the purpose that he came. Now, here's where it gets exciting. You and I are living at the end of what Jesus called the age of the Gentiles. The age, Everyone say the age, the, the age of the Gentiles. You know, if you go and study in, you know the Old Testament, read the Old Testament... I went and saw a movie the other day about God's only son, about Abraham, and it was what was so incredible in that was God's, God chose Abraham, God chose the people of Israel, you know, and it was just like he was ministering to this one group of people, but now there's this season where he's pouring out his spirit on, on all mankind. It, it began, that was the, the day of Pentecost. It's, it shall come to pass in the last day, he says, God, I'll pour out my spirit on all mankind. And he, Peter preached to him, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He said, all mankind can come. You and your children, as, far, as many as are far off. Well, that was the beginning of that. This, that you and I are living in the end of that. Amos said it was the, called the he called it the tabernacle of David. Let, let me read this, and then we'll, we'll pray. This is Amos. Um, Amos, James prophesying in Acts 15 he was prophesying about the ministry of Paul Paul went out there and did the unthinkable he started Gentile churches on purpose that was like crazy caused a crazy controversy in Jerusalem and they're fighting about it and then James stands up and begins to quote the prophet Amos and said that this ministry of Paul is the beginning of the fulfillment of that Listen what he says. With these words, James said, of the, the, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written, after this I will return and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David which has fallen down. I'll rebuild its ruins. I will set it up that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord's. Even all the Gentiles, hallelujah, Even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. So he said that the Lord is raising up these Gentile churches. It began with Paul. We're at the end of that. You know, we are, this is the first generation where churches are being planted in every tribe and every tongue in the entire earth. It's never happened before now. It's, It's happening right now. Jesus is coming back. You know what? He wants to do something special in in New Orleans, in Southeast Louisiana, before He comes back. I have a feeling something's incubating in the name of Jesus. I believe something's incubating. It's incubating. Where is it inside of you? It's bubbling up inside of you. It's about to break out of your life. He's done some amazing things, you know, in my lifetime, but I think the best, the best is about to happen. I think the best is about to happen. And you know what I say? I want to I be all in. I want to be all in in this. I want to be all in. I don't want to be a spectator. I want to be all in. Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information.